Welcome to Rainbow Soul Vodcast, where our soul astrology comes forward to help you manage your everyday life with forecasts and deep dives on natal charts and queer perspectives on the planets, transits, and more. A group discussion about upcoming transits with tips on how to read these transits in your own chart. Hollis offers years of wisdom and natal chart knowledge with Brighthawk's positive perspective and lacrosse's inquiry. We offer the complete queer astrology experience. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. Please help us by subscribing, sharing, and commenting and reviewing. You can also learn where else Rainbow Soul is offered on our website at rainbowsoul.show. Hi, everyone. I'm Hollis. I am one of your astrologers here at Rainbow Soul Soul Astrology, Astrology Forecast. <laughs> um, and we are here this week. We're happy to be with you this week. Thanks for listening. Um, if you're looking for an astrology reading or someone to teach you astrology or you have some questions about your chart, um, I do offer one-on-one mentoring and readings. Um, so it's and it's easy. It's super easy at my website, and there's a link in the description. Um, and I hope you have your chart with you today. Someone commented on YouTube and said something about it being too tiny. So um, I would say uh, print it out. See if you can go to the library and print it out if you don't have a printer, or ask a friend. It's a helpful way. Have your have your chart printed. Yeah, I find that really helpful. Mm -hmm. Hi there, I'm Brighthawk, a musician, astrologer, author of The Dancing Hippo, a wonderful book that's gender neutral, award-winning, beautiful artistry by Amanda Moore. And you can learn more about that at my website, brighthawkproductions.com. And... Hi, I'm LaCrosse Ortiz. I am the creator of the Post Journey Color Journal. Um, it's uh, basically color journal just so you can learn to row. And you can find it on Amazon. Um, you can find me also on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I was just recommending your book today in the Learning Circle because someone wanted to learn Oracle Cards and Tarot. And I'm like, oh, you have Oracle Cards and they have no idea what to do. I was like, well, learn the Tarot first because that could be actually more helpful. Because then you know where the Oracle Cards came from. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, all right, my friends. Take a minute to just kind of ground yourself a little bit. few deep breaths. Close your eyes and relax if you can. Try to feel your seat on the bottom. present in the here and now. And try to just, as you relax in your body, try to just start at the top and just kind of allow stress to just kind of roll off of you like a banana peel comes off of banana just allow it to roll off of you all the way down your shoulders in your middle and your mid body your hips and your legs and just allow it to just fall off of you to the earth and allow the earth Find yourself present in the here and now. Sometimes
sometimes there's still something we're trying to remember or something we're trying to hold on to. So I just want you to take that little thing that is kind of knocking at your mind, keeps coming up, that you're trying to remember, keep thinking about. You just take that and just kind of ball it up and stick it in a little bubble and set it off to the side. You can come back to it when we're done this. You don't have to let it go. choices along this path, but ultimately it is yours. And sometimes we might have some tools in our hands as we're walking this path or field of vision might come in to what's in our hands, what tools are we using, and I encourage you to fill your hands with as many metaphysical tools as you can get your hands on, tarot, pendulums, runes, astrology charts, get your hands on, whatever calls you, it is meant for you, and you can see those things appearing in your hand now. They will awaken your intuition, and of course you have intuition. Everyone has intuition. I assure you that your intu intuition and your inner knowing about all about your life is within you and it is only waiting to be awakened so as you walk along this path and you can see those tools in your hands stones and crystals maybe you have a backpack on full of books and guides the wisdom is there for you all you need to do is seek it out. These tools will give you comfort and will be your companions along the path, no matter how easy or hard this path gets. to them at any time.
support of your feet as your path, as you come to a crossroads. You're gonna take a pause here, turn around and look at where you've come. All of your footprints are there behind you. And follow your intuition into the path that is meant for you. Recognize where you've come from, but focus on where you're going. The wisdom of following your path. And the path goes on for your entire life. so far ahead of us at any given time. And any time that the path becomes unclear, just take the next step. Just the next step, that's all. And as your vision fades and you come back, into your body, into the here and now. Put your hands on your skin, on your body if you can, anywhere. Feel your body and give thanks for all that your body does to carry you through, to carry you forward. Just give a little gratitude and maybe give yourself an extra little hug. appreciate you well thank you we appreciate your guided journey <laughs> all right my friends um i'm so glad that you're here and that you're choosing this to be one of your tools in going on your path because there's a lot of different tools out there i assure you <laughs> there seems to be an unlimited amount of tools available to all of us at all times especially with the internet Kinda of wish I had the internet when I was like twenty and trying to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? The resources oh, would have been unlimited. Yeah, I wouldn't have had to do so much. Very different. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a very different experience. And so that's when I always think about the generation that's like, you know, that's like twenty right now and people that don't really know what it was like before the internet. Um and and how how they must be so different. Their perspective must must be so so different, um, and and probably completely different experience. I would imagine, because I know my life has changed a lot around the internet. Hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely gonna. <laughs> so, all right, friends. All right, so I'm gonna share this week's. Um, charts with you and as you can see this is for the week of september 25th through october 1st um oh it's about time that i start changing the background we're gonna move out of summer bright Hello. orange and yellow i'm gonna have to start moving it into some browns okay so 
Um, the first uh, Monday is the 25th. Okay. And, uh, first of all, I'm going to say the grand trines are still there from last week. Um, they're still there. Thank goodness. They're still holding you and blessing you, making, trying to make things easier for you. Um, and, and trying to, uh, you know, make things come together the way they should. Okay. And that's been going on most of the month of September and most of the time that Mercury's been retrograde. So, you know, if you notice that, hmm, this Mercury retrograde wasn't all that bad, um, that's because of all the grand trines, okay? So I just want to point that out to you. And I want to add Mercury being in its home sign of Virgo. So a planet behaves much differently when it's at home, most of us do, than when you're out and abroad. So I think that's also had something to do with it. Being yeah, maybe if Mercury was retrograde in Pisces, it would have been a hot mess. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Which right? is the opposite of right? Virgo. It's yeah. the opposite. Right? Okay. So yeah, that would probably be a lot harder. Yeah. But Mercury at home in its own sign, you know. Plus all these trines in, in the sky. Um, one of the of things trines. that like um, I know Ann Ortley has uh, sort of implied or said and Rick Levine have said is that oftentimes, regardless of what planet's retrograde or what's going on with that, the aspects actually kind of, they kind of over, over speak it. They kind of speak over that, if you will. So even though Mercury's retrograde, yeah, they have a greater influence. So if you have a bunch of trines during a Mercury retrograde, it's not going to really be that hard of a Mercury retrograde. Now, if you have a bunch of squares, during Mercury retrograde and it squares Mars and squares this and squares that, it's probably going to be a difficult Mercury retrograde, okay? And not always, and, and everything that happens in your life that is uncomfortable is not a Mercury retrograde, just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's Venus retrograde. Sometimes it's an aspect in your personal chart. Um, and so... Uh, I like to point that out because Mercury retrograde definitely has a bad reputation that oh, I'm always sure. seeing online that I'm like, no, guys, it doesn't work like that. Oh, no. And and people are like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. And they're like scared. And I'm just going to say, go look on my um, YouTube channel. There's another video that Brayhawk and I did where we're talking about Mercury retrograde and and all the myths and misconceptions about it. Okay. And Mercury now is direct. It's now direct and coming out of its shadow. 18 degrees, and it went retrograde, I think, at 20 degrees. So it's almost out of its shadow period. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So anything that uh, that didn't get, you know, finished up will be finished up now. And, you know, there are, um, I did notice that there's a little bit of a T-square um, pointing at Vesta, um, on this day. So we got the grand trines. We also have a T-square pointing at Vesta and Cancer. Um, and that's pretty much about your spiritual home or anything like that. So if you're finding yourself questioning or changing, especially with Neptune and the sun involved, um, changing your spiritual dedication, uh, that will have uh, an influence on that. The T-square could even make it so that one person thinks you should do this, and one person thinks you should definitely de decorate for Halloween now, um, and the other person's like, it's not Halloween for several more weeks, right? Or or whatever. Uh, could be a little bit of a challenge going on with that. But for the most part, it's a pretty easy week, um, especially um, around relationships should um, come together fairly easily uh, because Juno and Venus are conjunct. And Venus is way out of her shadow. She's headed forward and she's with Juno, which is about commitments and love and things like that. So, and it's trining um, Chiron. So that means maybe you've healed some wounds or are healing wounds. So if there's something good about relationships going on right now, pay attention. Those are gifts and they're probably about your healing. It's also sextiling um, the South Node and Zeus and Mars. So Mars is about action. Zeus is really about leadership and guidance and which way you're going. And the South Node is about where you came from. So past lives. But it can also, um, when in this kind of aspect, it could be like, okay, now you've righted your karma, your past life karma, you've righted your karma and you've made it right. Um, so you've kind of like changed your karmic path or whatever. 
Now, the part of fortune is opposite of the sun right now. Um, and that opposition uh, could feel a little bit, um, it could feel a little bit hard, but it, it but it, it's just, um, it's just about, the part of fortune is also conjunct Neptune. So you might be under some sort of illusion about what comes next. Okay. Um, especially about where you're going, something about your path. There could be some sort of an illusion. Could be kind of like trying to look through water because Neptune's in Watt is in Pisces, which is like trying to look through water. And um, and then the part of fortune is in Aries. Uh, so it's like ready to go. So it could be very much be like that. Okay, ready to okay. Um, and so that's the part of fortune, especially in relation to wherever you're headed and what feels fortunate to you. So some things might be a little challenging to get to happen um, at this point, but mostly it's a grand trine overwhelming it. But those are there. And, you know, Jupiter is trining, um, Jupiter is trining Mercury. So hopefully you'll be able to talk it out no matter what. Uh, make sure you speak your intentions, speak where you want to go. That will help a lot with the Jupiter retrograde trining Mercury. It will really help a lot with where you're going. Great. <clears throat> well, the moon is in Aquarius. And the moon loves being in Aquarius because Aquarius is very sensitive and so is the moon. And the uh, Aquarius is also very perceptive and so is the moon. So there's a it's, it's well-matched. Aquarius moon is the logical with the humanitarian. Aquarius moon is about the we. It's about community. It's about um, what's for the greatest good of all. What's What makes the most sense for all of us. And um, so in that regard, it's a real humanitarian. It's very um, tolerant and creative sign, uh, Aquarius moon. Aquarius challenge side of Aquarius moon is unpredictable. Aquarians can be contrarians sometimes. Uh, they, you know, for the sake of being a contrarian, <laughs> um, aloof sometimes, um, sometimes um, fixed in their opinions. They can be very opinionated and, um, and sometimes tactless, you know. But the good part of an Aquarius moon is that the moon is really happy there. And remember, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. And so the moon is answering to Uranus and Uranus is retrograde in Taurus. The um, moon is uh, in a square to Jupiter. And then you can see right after that, it's going to square Uranus. Um, so there's that conversation, but that conversation isn't as actually, the, the square is going to make it a little bit of a challenge, um, even though uh, you would think that would they would get on better. But Uranus is in Taurus, so Taurus is... Conservative? Know, yeah. Yeah, and, Taurus is conservative. And Aquarius hates that. And know? I don't mean just politically, I just mean like, Aquarius doesn't like to be hemmed in, bound in, right? And when you think of Taurus, sometimes I think of the bull has to be in a pen, right? You know, you have to keep, you have to do keep, it this way, keep bounded, mm -hmm. you know, in a certain way. So those energies don't feel like that's real comfortable, and yeah. that'll play out over a couple of days. Um, so, yeah, you'd almost think that the opposite of Taurus would be Aquarius, but it's actually not. The opposite of Taurus is Scorpio. Which know, is like right? I'm talking about opposites and that like Scorpio is like anyone that has strong Scorpio placements is going to be like change, 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 change. And the Taurus is going to be like, do I have to change? <laughs> okay. And so that's kind of like the opposite feeling that you have. But Aquarius Scorpio is going to keep their cards close to the vest and a Taurus is just going to just plow on through. <laughs> And, and Aquarius is usually a little bit more um, out of the box. They like to do things that are very... Revolutionary. Yeah. Because just Uranus new. is their ruler, and Uranus is the weird planet. So Aquarius 
it has to be different, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow, didn't see that coming. Right. You know, that's the that's the meme for Uranus. So pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So Aquarius ruled by Uranus and and then um the next day it'll be first it'll be squaring Jupiter and then it'll be squaring Uranus. So that's a little bit of a tension spot. But I would do you lean think into the grand trine. Do you think sure. when it squares Uranus that also Uranus answers to the moon? Like that's that's sometimes what they talk about. The moon is answering to Uranus because uh, the moon is in Aquarius in okay. its sign. So when whatever sign the moon is in, whoever's the ruler of that sign, that's usually who the moon is answering to. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, I see. So that would be Venus mm-hmm. in this instance. Yeah. Venus is up in Leo. Okay. So then, um, so on Tuesday, so all of the signs have a ruler, a ruling planet, okay? So you should just know that. Um, and it's hard to, you know, learn them, but you can easily get a cheat sheet if you want to know, uh, if you want to try to master that. But I just want to let you know that it does play a part. It can kind of tell you a story when you read the chart. Like, um, you can kind of tell a story with it. It can kind of, depending on what house the planet is in, it can kind of give you the theme and the con- and help you make connections in a chart if you're reading your chart. Okay? Now, on this, this is the 26th on Tuesday. And there's a mystic rectangle in the sky, so I'm just going to say... That is a beautiful day along, there's still Grand Trine, and the Grand Trine is actually a little bit more perfected on this day. Also, because the moon is involved, it will just enhance it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then, then of course, the Mystic Rectangle and the Grand Trines, those are blessings. Those are easy, uh, Mystic Rectangles are easy spiritual things that just kind of happen and come together. So things that come and happen on that day are excellent things, okay? Um, things that come together on that day, I would be paying attention um, because those might have something to do with your spiritual path, actually. And with um, Vesta, um, the, the only challenging aspect is Vesta squaring Mars. Um, sorry, Vesta squaring Pallas Athena. Um, and so if Vesta is squaring Pallas Athena, that's that's really much about spirituality and your strategy. So, you know, like if you make a mistake, if you're a psychic or you're a spiritual person and something doesn't quite turn out the way you thought it would, just pay attention to what you did, what how you rectify that issue, how you overcome the problem, because that actually is probably the answer. So you'll have the answer to your problem right in front of you. They'll, they'll both... The problem might be there, but the answer will also be there. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And so it's, it's actually, it's actually not a bad thing with Vesta squaring uh, Pallas Athena. It just might, you just might need to look a little closer. Okay. Especially if you're like psychic and you're trying to figure out how to do readings for other people or, or you're, um, you know, or you're trying to do, look at your own chart. You're trying to because I recommend that if you want to really master astrology, try to look at your chart every day just for a few minutes, uh, along with the transits. So you want to pay attention to where the planets are in relation to your chart every day. Um, and that, that will help you. That will help you understand your chart and help you understand what's going on. If you just look at it for a few minutes every day, because you'll be able to predict what's going to happen the next day, because planets don't move very fast, okay? The moon moves, like, I think it's a sign every two days right two and a quarter days yeah yeah so you know that's the fastest moving one probably so and then mars moves mars and mercury also move pretty quick but but it takes like you know if you're looking at it every day you'll have a good idea okay jupiter is still on okay like you you'll have yeah you'll pluto pluto is like the slowest moving planet so you know and and you'll also realize how the moon affects you and stuff like that if you keep a little journal uh you'll really be able to keep track okay so it's a really great way to really master astrology is to look at your transits every day okay and you can look at that for free on astro.com or astro-charts.com okay um 
there's a lot, there's a grand trine, a mystic rectangle, the part of fortune, which also moves very quickly, um, because it is, the part of fortune is actually a point in between uh, the moon and the sun, okay? And um, so it's like a special point that's constantly calculated. So it's act not actually a planet, it's like a point of fortune, okay? And um, so it's actually in conjunct Mercury. And I do look at how it's aspecting things um, because it does seem to affect things. And here it's in Aries on this day, on the 26th. Um, and it's, so wherever Aries is, so, you know, wherever Aries is in your chart, you could experience a little fortune, but you might have a little bit of challenge either talking about it or communicating with it or it could be technology or something like that since Mercury rules technology. And Lilith is also there. So you might have to ask for help, okay? Because Lilith is uh, retrograde and she represents uh, independence and strength. So you might need to ask for help, okay? So um, if you're having a hard time with something you're trying to do, something new, don't be afraid to ask for help. It's good to ask for help. And the other, the good thing that I noticed was that Pluto and Neptune are sextiles. So this is going to be a particularly good day for anyone doing psychic readings that, especially if you have a strong Neptune placement and you know that you're a Neptune psychic. If you don't know, you can come see me and I'll help you figure out how to do that. But how to how to figure out if you're a Neptune psychic or a moon psychic or a mixture of the two. Uh, but if you have a strong Neptune placement or you're a medium um, or you're dealing with death, endings, power, or control, and your vision to it, there's a sextile going on. So that sextile is going to put good, it's going to really help reveal anything that has been an illusion or, or and help you um, sort of open the door uh, to the next step. Whatever is going on, it's going to open the door. It's going to push you through to the next piece. Okay, and that's Pluto and Neptune sextile. They're, they're sextiling. So a sextile is an aspect that essentially means that the two planets in the sextile are, uh, they drop all their differences and they meet on the things that are alike. And the thing about Neptune and Pluto is that the thing that they're alike about is the other side, other dimensions, spirit world the vision world, that's where they come together. And that's what makes me think this is going to be a very strong psychic day because mm -hmm. it's also the mystic rectangle. Big time mystic So it's, it's, it's like, and, and where's the moon at? Well, the moon is void. It's conjunct Saturn. So um, it's, it's uh, part of that mystic rectangle and it's opposite Juno and Venus. Juno and Venus have been hanging out, traveling together. And so what that means is Juno's all about what are you loyal to? Where are your where do your loyalties lie? Juno is queen of heaven and she was the wife of Jupiter and she was very very loyal even though Jupiter was a little bit of a philanderer. So Juno and Venus traveling together is about what relationships are you loyal to and um and it's in Leo so what leaders might you be loyal to as well? Um, and so, uh, and they're exactly conjunct on this yeah, day. They're both at 20 degrees. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, you throw in the North node, which is obviously going to also have the South node there. Very powerful part of that mystic rectangle. Um, quite a little party. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a blessed day, I would say. Yeah, and the moon is also psychic, right? So the moon's in Aquarius and then in Pisces. And right. both of those signs are like, because, you know, Aquarius is, is fairly metaphysical usually. Um, most meta, most Aquariuses I know are actually metaphysical people. Um, they just are... Very sensitive. Yeah, very they're perceptive. usually very sensitive and uh, perceptive in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, so is Pisces. So mm -hmm. almost every Pisces person I know is... <laughs> also metaphysical, spiritual. Um, and so when the moon moves out of Aquarius into Pisces that day, because I think it, it would yeah. have moved just a little bit later that day. Correct. Um, on the 26th, it will it will be conjunct Saturn. So um, 
I don't think that there will be that many restrictions. Um, I think I think that you might be able to hold your emotions back better mm. um, and be able to manage your emotions better to be a better psychic. Because if you're doing psychic readings for other people, the trick is is getting your own emotions out of the way. <laughs> That's the trick. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So the 27th, um, the part of fortune and the north node um, are, if you take a look at them, they become, um, the part of fortune is of course, what we see as fortunate and what feels good. And the North node is our destiny. Okay. And they're together and they're at the tip of a kite. And I notice when whatever's at the tip of a kite is kind of pulling the kite, it's kind of pulling your flight a little bit better making things a little bit easier and this to have a lot to do with your higher knowledge your spirituality um especially anything that you've learned um if you've been learning something and you've mastered it um saturn in pisces is about rebuilding yourself and figuring out who you are and it's and a kite always involves a grand trine and the grand trine the the bottom of the kite is actually Ceres in Scorpio. So I'm wondering if you've been taking care of yourself, you've been managing yourself really good, you're gonna really feel like you can take off on this day, okay? Like you can really get something done. And this is the 27th, this is Wednesday. So you're gonna, especially if you engage that North Node in Aries or the part of fortune in um, Taurus. In fact, I would even say, that finances could become, um, like you could even get a little bit of a financial thing on this day, okay? Like something good in that way could happen. Or, you know, you could save money or uh, that would be a Taurus thing. <laughs> Part of fortune in Taurus makes me think you're gonna save money or um, something good is gonna happen in that way, okay? Because Taurus normally, and I don't wanna say cheap, uh, I would say thrifty. Um, that they 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 want to get a good deal, if you will. Um, they don't want to overpay for something, and who does? But but Tauruses particularly pay attention to that. And with the with the the part of fortune on there, it almost makes me feel like you're going to get a good deal on something. Okay. Mm. And then and then Jupiter is also trining Mercury, so talking about things, saying what you really want, speaking what you need, speaking what you're hoping for is a good way to get it. Um, and so I'm also gonna include that. And then of course, the only real challenging thing is that Uranus uh, may square Venus and Juno. Venus and Juno are still conjunct in the sky in Leo. So they're all about no nobility and things like that. But there might be some sort of challenge that has to do with the old way of doing things or a more conservative perspective. And so if you're feeling that, just try to um, try to uh, recognize what still needs to be done and the wisdom of doing things the same way over a long period of time and how we all learn things over time. But in the end, usually we have to head towards change. And Venus and Juno are really that that's really about relationships and um, it just and Venus rules uh, Venus rules Taurus. So uh, Uranus answers to to Venus. So it just makes me think a lot about like relationships and stuff. But look and see where Taurus is in your chart. Then you're going to want to be paying attention to that. Well, the moon has moved into Pisces. And so, of course, Pisces is ruled by Neptune. And it's about the, the next day it'll, it'll pass over Neptune, conjunct Neptune in Pisces. Neptune is is in its rulership, so that's a ple very pleasant conversation. Um, it, moon in Pisces is very natural. I just think of the moon on the water, you know, it's just, it's natural. It's innate. It has deep understanding. Um, it's compassionate. It's sensitive. It's loving. It's loyal. It's creative. Moon in Pisces, yeah, they can be indecisive. <laughs> they can get discontented moon and Pisces can sometimes, they don't know what they want. They get vague. They get, you know, um, confused sometimes. Um, and sometimes Pisces can be secretive. So, um, you know, there's a whole spectrum. 
Um, but again, for readers, I would say this is a great placement because, um, you know, Pisces, I just think sensitive, sensitive, innate, um, things like that. And so um, the other thing that's really a big positive, in addition to that Jupiter trine Mercury, you have Jupiter, uh, the moon trining, Ju uh, sextiling Jupiter. So those are both very positive aspects. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm thinking about readers because, you know, Neptune and Pluto are still sextile, and now the moon is kind of in the middle of it all. So I would just say that, you know, um, this is probably a good week for readings, especially if you took Monday to take care of yourself and did your readings Tuesday on. That would be a great, this is a great plan for you this week. Um, or just be a little bit more aware on Monday, and then the rest of the week you'll find probably ease with the moon and Pisces. That's going to enhance psychic abilities. And with that, that sextile with Pluto and Neptune, Neptune still going on, they're going to have a good time of it. So it will be a good week for psychic readings. Um, on the 28th, which is Thursday, the part of fortune will uh, meet up with um, Jupiter and sort of be in the, it's mostly conjunct Jupiter on this day, okay? Um, and it's trining at the same time, because so is Jupiter, trining Mercury and Lilith, okay? Which means talk about it, which means speak your truth, speak it out loud. If you speak what you want, you will get it. If mm. you don't, you won't. That's Jupiter retrograde, okay? Jupiter retrograde, that's sort of how it works anyway. If you don't, like, vision what you really want, if you don't see what really is going to happen, then you may not be rewarded with that, okay? If you work on the vision and seeing, seeing it and speaking it, you're more likely to be rewarded. So if you ask for help, you're more likely to get the help and get done what you need to get done. Okay, that's pretty much what's happening on this day. Now, Junus, Juno and Venus are sextiling the south node on this day. Um, and it's a pretty strong, it's a strong sextile. Um, and I think that, I think that that's going to be about relationships and past lives. And there could be some things that are coming from your past life that, that you've overcome, that you've mastered. Cool. Well, the 28th is the big day of the week. It's the full moon. <laughs> It'll happen later when, of course, the moon is opposite. The sun and moon are opposite each other in the sky. So the sun is currently at five degrees Libra. So when the moon reaches five degrees Aries, we have perfection in terms of a full moon. So, uh, of course, when the full moon goes into Aries, Aries is ruled by Mars. And Mars is currently in Libra, Libra as well with the sun in that little party going on in Libra. There's a big stellium in Libra, which means three or more planets in one sign and house. <clears throat> so, the full moon, yep, the full moon will be in Aries and um, uh, there is a yod that has kind of been going on for quite a long time and a yod member is a finger of God it's Queen Kunx's between um, Pluto Neptune and now the top of it it says it's supposed to be Lilith but that looks like it really should be Venus shouldn't it where it's pointing degrees. to yeah it says 14 Lilith, but anyway, there's been a yod that's been going on for quite a bit, and with the moon conjuncting Neptune, it'll join that that finger of God. Um, yeah, there we go. Okay, and with a full moon in Aries, there, um, with the it's at five degrees, you said, but oh, I assume... and I guess I should tell you what the moon in Aries means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the moon in Aries. We think of the moon as being cool, right? It's a water element. 
Think of the, when we think of Aries, it's the first sign of the zodiac. It is fire, it is action. So when you put cool and hot together, you end up with a very nervous temperament. And so um, there's a brilliant sharpness kind of thing, but basically Aries moon is very energetic and enterprising and optimistic and go, go, go and open to change, idealistic, let's get this done. And on the challenge side, you can hear the impulsivity of Aries moon. There's an opinionated domineering, can be a bit of a bully sometimes, can be impatient, can be vain. These are all Mars Aries traits. So um, yeah, when I think of a moon in Aries, I think of a, of a little bit of a nervous temperament, not the easiest placement. And um, so it can it can suddenly things can feel a little on the touchy side so i'd be careful with emotions basically <laughs> um could be great but i would say that it is a little bit in a challenging mm -hmm. sign for you i was thinking that it would that night and that day it would be conjunct eventually with um chiron and the north node yep. so therefore um your destiny and where you're trying to go um, could be a little bit of nervous temperament about that. And then also with Chiron oh, can be a little mm. bit um, about like your wounds, Is it all your own work personal out, wounds. A little nervousness and, about it. Yeah, yeah, so there might be some nervousness about what you're doing or what you're up to. So whenever that kind of energy pops up for me, I try to remind myself of this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Nothing lasts forever. It may just be a day, maybe a day or two, but it won't last forever. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, and then this is um, Friday. Now, on Friday, finally, Venus and Juno will come into a perfect square with um, Uranus. Um, and this square is really about relationships, okay? Um, especially relationships related to where, at whatever house um, your Taurus is in. Okay, so it could make relationships challenging. Mm. There could be um, just something you have to overcome. Maybe you have to talk about something. You have to do something. Mm. Um, there is some sort of, um, if someone takes the lead, it would be better um, with Zeus there. So if there's a one of you that normally takes the lead, just take the lead on it, okay? Just do it. Um, that's Because that's, Zeus is the is the leader and so and so is leo leo also represents leadership um and especially noble leadership so you know take the take the high road um and it will be more easily solved because remember squares are always solvable um it's just a matter it's just it's just a challenge you have to overcome um it's it's just a challenge that's just a decision usually yeah. a choice mm -hmm. you know? a decision we make a choice. Those every day and sometimes they sometimes they're difficult but mostly the the grand trines are still in the air you still have a kite going on so there's actually a lot of blessings and there's still and juno is sextiling zeus so i feel like with juno and venus sextiling zeus that it's 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 probably be just fine you probably just have somebody has to make the decision don't don't like suddenly decide to back up if you're the leader in your in this relationship if you're the one that usually takes the initiative So the moon is in Aries, which is ruled by Mars, which is opposite side of the chart. So it's kind of like having a conversation shouting, you know, <laughs> it's just, that's a little bit what I see there is like the moon is answering to Mars, but it's 180 degrees opposite side of the chart. So um, that feels a little challenging um it doesn't feel like a comfortable moon in aries any way you slice it it's gonna light up chiron and the north node and you already talked about that um so yeah there we have it yeah i imagine it's gonna bring some anxiety and things like that up so if you've got some anxiety or something um try to do some extra meditation practices or yoga or something good, like that good idea. take some extra self-care time uh, to help manage your anxiety. Nature walk. 
Yeah, take a walk in nature or something on Friday. Okay? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And um, Saturday, too. Like, you know, Friday into Saturday, those two days, because that's going to be the full moon. Um, because, yeah, there's the opposition right there on Saturday that you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because it pretty much, you know, so Saturday will probably be even fuller and maybe even Saturday night, you know. So whenever you can fit in a, a nice um, walk. Now, Uranus is going to trine Mercury, which is actually really great. So you probably should be pretty good about communicating and the Internet and things like that, especially things that are revolutionary or out of the box. Um, or things that will help you get on your path, change your path, adjust your path, anything like that that's going on, um, that's going to be Uranus trying Mercury. It's going to be a little bit easier that day. Being able to communicate about it will be a great gift. Now, the North Node, the Moon and Chiron, okay, um, are trining Venus and Juno, okay, um, which is also happens to be squaring Jupiter. So just make sure that you speak, um, you're speaking what you really want. Again, um, even if it's uh, something new, something um, fresh, even if you're in a new or fresh relationship, um, something different, okay? Because Aries tends to be cardinal, it tends to be fresh and new, okay? And so if it's trining, uh, Venus and Scorp Venus and Juno, so that's that's relationships and love and um, and physical things too, like um, like material things. Okay, but they are squaring Jupiter in uh, Taurus, which rules these things. Okay, which rules Venus and Venus. I'm sorry, Venus rules Taurus, and so with Jupiter in there and squaring it, and Jupiter is kind of kind of holding back and not being as generous as Jupiter normally is, but it's still still being generous, but you just have to kind of ask for it. That's all. You just have to ask for it. Jupiter's making sure you didn't forget how to ask for things, okay? So just try to speak your truth and, and be straight up honest about things. Um, so Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Especially with, you know, that trying to Venus who values honesty. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's mostly a pretty good day. You know, the trines are still happening. There's a lot of trines in the sky and some oppositions, but I don't feel like it's, it's incredibly, incredibly hard or anything. It's, it's not, it's, these are just little challenges that we're talking about here. Um, so it's kind of a mixed week. It's not super hard, not super easy, but you know, we've had a great break for most of the month of September. Um, so, you know, now things, challenges are going to come back up. If it was too easy all the time, you'd get bored. Okay, trust me, you'd get bored. Um, <laughs> and so um, on this day, which is October 1st, um, the North Node um, and the North Node is uh, trining uh Venus, and that's that's a really blessing. If you've made some decisions about um, beauty, about things you bought, about relationships, about love, um, on this day, you're going to really feel it. Maybe you tell your partner that you love them just that more. Maybe you give them an extra hug or tell them that you really love them or you say thank you to your best friend or um, or even to your neighbor because they checked up on you, okay? Um, or give yourself some self-love. How about that? Um, those kinds of things, right on point. You need to make sure you tap into that trine. It will help you tap into the trine more. Jupiter is still squaring Venus, so you still have to ask for what you want. But if you want something, if you just ask for it and speak it out loud, you'll get it. Um, and on this day, Mercury is in opposition to Neptune. So I'm going to say even though Neptune and, and Neptune is um, sextiling Pluto, just uh, reading, maybe take a break from your readings on this day, especially if you've been doing them all week. Take the day off. Take the day off, especially if you speak your readings or type them. Okay.
Well, uh, the theme is affectionate. Take time to be affectionate because you have the moon in Taurus and moon in Taurus loves to be there, loves to be affectionate, loves to be creative and appreciate the fine things in life and be artistic and um, very warm and, um, you know, moon in Taurus, Taurus can be very determined, can be, it's very trustworthy. I think I said that. On the challenge side of a moon in Taurus, there's the obstinance, there's the possessiveness, the rigidity, the, you know, overly cautious, you know, hard to get them to move. But once you, once a Taurus does decide, get out of their way, because now it's, now it's go, you know, it may take them a really long time to get there. But once that last part, once they've made up their mind, boom, it's good. So um, the moon loves being in Taurus. And so that affectionate uh, piece that you were just talking about is, that's the perfect advice. Great. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be a good week. And I think it'll be a good week. Yeah, here, it's not going to see what the cards are. It's not going to be a rough week at all. Oh, and what, are, what about the animals? What are, are we still in um, crow in raven. and raven season? Yep. We're in the raven and crow. And I see that during the week, there's a lot about speech and communication and speech and crows and ravens are very, are one of the few birds that actually have their own language. So I think it's really important. And also they're identified with the air symbol, with the mm -hmm. air sign. And mm -hmm. so I think it's more about how your communications come out, be thoughtful of communication because an air sign they think a lot and they like to think before they speak and being a Libra and being it's Libra season as well. It takes us a long time to communicate, which some people may get a little irritated because, but we're too busy contemplating all the different areas before it comes out. And when you put, when you force an air sign to speak, you're not going to get what you really want so I think this is where, like, even though it's saying speak what you want, really think about what you want, really, like, really dig, dig deep and use that whole Libra thing of deducting everything so that way you know exactly what you want and exactly how it comes out. And that's pretty much how the crows are. They don't just speak for speaking. They don't just call to call. They, they're calling for a distinct reason. And mm. each call means something different. So that's pretty much, I think it's the nice. communication goes with it. Nice. I it's love neat. that. That's really neat. I love that. Yeah. I um, love that addition. Thank you. Yeah. Because very much um, Mercury very much asks us to speak outside, speak out loud. Yeah. Um, even if you're just speaking your intentions out loud, speak them. So uh so that's awesome and <clears throat> sometimes i wonder if ravens that's what they're doing yeah <laughs> you never know yeah and you're like what are you talking about man yeah. <laughs> and for all you know they're saying hey you don't want to go this way man you don't wanna go. you know it's sad because they get a lot of dark omens mm. you know and one thing i really hate like the stereotype of like you know it's a scary movie and crows or ravens are calling at night they don't call at night ever and if they did call, they're just warning you that there is danger ahead. It's not telling you you're going to die. It's like, hey, you better think twice before you go there. And they're actually putting themselves at risk to predators and their nest by calling and protecting you. So it's wow. kind of a bad rap that they get. So if you hear a crow or a raven call at night, you need to go back inside because yeah. it's not safe. And they're telling you, nope, you don't want to go out so wow wow yeah. yeah well there's definitely a lot of things that gets a bad bad rap yeah for some reasons yeah so let's sort of like mercury retrograde raven <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <Raven> and retrograde <laughs> right um okay right, so let's so, see what the cards have to say so i pulled three cards for everyone um and uh just this is a, a LGBTQ deck, so every card, every piece of art is done by a different LGBTQ artist. If you look on the bottom, their name is there, okay? Um, and this first card is a two of wands. So if you take a look at it, you can see that there's two people 
um, sort of back-to-back -to -back to, uh, feminine type of characters. Um, and you can see that they're very creative. This is very much about manifestation. Is this you asked for something? You're trying to manifest something? You asked for something. That's what this is about. This is about some sort of a manifestation that you've been trying to bring forward. Well, here it comes. So this is a reminder of what you asked for. This is a reminder of what when you set your intention a few weeks back. This is, you know, this is kind of a reminder of, well, that's what you wanted. <laughs> and then I think we had this card last week, but I'm not gonna sure. I was going to say, yeah, um, we totally did. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, and so this card is very much about making choices. In the same choices. position, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> we're probably going to be making a lot of choices. You're still making some choices and still trying to figure out how to do things and get a good strategy and figure out how you're connected to all these different things and maybe different offerings that you have um, and different offerings that are being made to you. So that's what this is all about. This is a seven of cups. It's not a bad card. It's more about choices. It's more about having lots of opportunities and lots of different things coming to you. That's what really what it's about. And it's about manifestation, um, about sort of like having the manifestation actually manifested, if that makes sense. And now everything's there. Now what? And that's kind of like where this card is. And then going forward into our future, this is um, a reminder um, of although there may be some emotional upheaval, um, don't forget about the good stuff that's happened to you. See, notice how this character is sad and mourning the cups that have spilt water in front of them, and that's all they're choosing to pay attention to, but they're completely ignoring the two cups behind them that bring forth um, emotional fulfillment. And they have two full cups behind them, but they're choosing to ignore it. And that's pretty much what the Five of Cups is about. It's about paying attention to what's in front of us, but choosing to ignore what's behind us. It's a very emotional card. Um, it is about blessings and wonderful things that have happened for us. And, you know, sometimes we forget about what the good stuff was, eh? So remember to think about um, what intentions and stuff you set up a couple of weeks ago and um, where that was headed you. Make sure you're paying attention to that, especially as you're faced with choices today and how to do things and how to manifest things and how to use your gifts and how to, you know, um, how to bring those gifts forward and things like that. Um, when you're trying to figure that out, consider what your intention was and consider your choices and know that you always have a choice. You have a choice about how you will be and how you will think and how you will feel. And going forward, remember that um, to remember about the things that weren't spilled. So yeah, so maybe there is some emotional loss or some sadness or something like that that you're mourning. But remember um, the cups that are filled in the back, okay? Don't forget about those. Those are really important. Um, and because you do have two full cups. And that's pretty much what this is about. All right, my friends. Cool reading. Uh, yeah. and I, thanks. I hope that works out for you guys. Um, and this week is not bad. It's not bad. And it's, you know, it's, we're getting out of the uh, really great couple of weeks that we've had. I think it's been two or three, maybe three weeks now that yeah. have been really good. Um, and now we're coming into a little bit, a little bit more challenges, but you know, that's how life works. There are always ups and downs. That's how it works. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So we uh, wish you a great week. Let us know how it's going for you. And if you have any astrology questions, do leave them in the comments. Yeah. Tell us how it's going for you. And we really appreciate if you share and thumbs up and all that good stuff it makes a difference we really appreciate you thank you so much it does exactly thank you so much for tuning in we appreciate you and i just want you to know that we see you whether you're um if you are on youtube we are on youtube and uh we appreciate you so i just wanted to bring that forward and um if you put any of your questions there um we will see them um, I think it was a sense of place, 4097, 
Thanks for commenting. We appreciate you. They said that they get so happy when a new video drops. Thank you so much for these offerings. You are welcome. We are happy to offer that to you. And um, they're always happy um, when Rainbow Soul is on the tube. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. And they also asked um, that about, you know, if your uh, chart is too small, I'm just going to say the way to rectify that is to print it out. I think I replied to your comment too. We're happy to answer questions. Just give us a little comment, ask, and uh, somebody will do their best to answer your comments as soon as we see it, okay? Take good care. All right. Thanks Bye. for liking and sharing. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Soul Astrology and subscribing, liking, sharing, and reviewing. We hope you enjoy this dose of Soul Astrology and encourage you to embrace the week ahead with an open mind and heart so that you may integrate the deepest of lessons from the stars. Take a moment to step outside and honor the planet, stars, and moon in the sky with your heart. Integrate the messages that resonate and leave the rest for someone else. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Always remember that you are a perfectly unique human with an exclusive star map of your destiny, your soul purpose, and your heart's desire. Thank you again for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.